the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. Today on Tech Nation, Dr. Robert Foster, the CEO of Hepion Pharmaceuticals, starts with fatty liver disease suffered by one out of four Americans, whether you know it or not. More importantly, it is this condition which progresses to NASH and then on to cirrhosis of the liver. Hepion is in clinical trials with the goal of successfully treating NASH. And now, Dr. Robert Foster. Dr. Foster, welcome to Tech Nation. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I want to start with two things that I didn't know, or if I knew, I forgot. And the first is about the liver. Your liver regenerates every 200 to 300 days. So the liver I have at Thanksgiving is not the liver I have the next Thanksgiving. It's an interesting fact, isn't it? Um, so some of the cells in the liver, you know, those will take, you know, they could take a year or so to regenerate. But after, let's say, some kind of surgery or some kind of injury to your liver, your liver can start regenerating actually fairly quickly. And um, in fact, a good piece of the liver can actually be uh, regenerated in as little as a couple of months. But some of the cells within that liver, yeah, it could take a year or so. And I think putting it another way, I've heard it said um, that if you look at um, whatever age you are and you look at your liver, your liver is actually about three years old. So that's, that puts it in. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about that. That makes you feel pretty good, right? That makes me feel very good, as a matter yeah. of fact, which leads me to my second question. Uh, and I want to quickly remind everyone that when livers have problems, one problem can be this fibrous buildup in the liver, sometimes called fibrosis. And here's what caught me somewhat by surprise. We women have been sold for years that we want collagen because that's what keeps our skin beautiful and we're losing collagen as we age. But you told me that collagen is a protein, but it makes, it drives, if you will, this fibrous buildup in the liver, which you don't want. So in the case of the liver, we may not want collagen? Yeah, so it's an interesting point because we are human beings, you know, and as human beings, we are collagen. You know, I, I kind of almost think of humans as bags of collagen and water. I mean, that's, that's putting it fairly simplistic. <laughs> but it's, you know, to make a point that we, we really do need collagen. Otherwise, we we look somewhat like the, you know, the Wicked Witch and, and the Wizard of Oz, and we just melt. Um, so definitely you need collagen. But I guess the key is, you know, it's a balance. And so in certain diseases, like liver disease, it's just that balance. So if you have what we call disease-associated fibrosis or, you know, excess production of this protein called collagen, you know, that's when it becomes potentially problematic. So it's that delicate balance of having enough collagen so we can, we can actually stand up and, and not, not kind of melt in our, in our shoes versus, you know, too much collagen that can create scarring and, by, I guess, by implication of having this scarring that uh, creates stiffness. So if you can imagine in liver disease where you have excess collagen production, your liver becomes more and more stiff. And that's something you don't want. You want a nice sort of um, elastic looking and, and sort of a you know somewhat pliable liver 
so that you have a functioning liver. If it becomes too stiff, you start losing function. And that's what we start getting worried is this function starts getting reduced. So now let's get to the medical condition that gives us the context for what we're talking about here. And that's called NASH, N-A-S-H. What is it? If you have it, what does it say about your liver? Who gets it? How many of us have it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to put this in context, it's really interesting that I guess to some extent, maybe I'm not even that surprised because of um, if you look at over the years, um, what's happened to our diets, you know, and, and we have that fast food diet that so many of us just love, you know, going to fast food uh, restaurants. And so people are generally getting bigger, um, in fact, even getting taller, if you compare uh, people over the over the last number of decades. But interestingly, um, probably about one in four, and it's actually creeping up to almost one in three people globally now have what we call a fatty liver. And you, you get this fat um, deposits within the liver. And so that's a huge number if you think about it. One in four, and again, creeping up to one in three people with a fatty liver. About 20% of those people will progress to uh, develop another condition called NASH, which you, you had just described as non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, which is really a mouthful. But all that mouthful means is that you've got an inflamed liver, you've got a fatty liver, you've got these open spaces, um, what we would call vacuoles. Um, so you've got this nasty looking liver. Um, and one of the hallmarks of that liver disease is having this scarring or the loss of that function which again is the deposit of this protein called collagen. So you've got this nasty looking inflamed fatty liver that's scarred up. And that picture that I've just sort of tried to draw there in your mind is affecting about 20% uh, of the people that have fatty liver. So the 20% of the fatty liver people will go on to develop NASH. And if you then try to put that in the context, let's say in the US, that's about 20 million people in the US that have NASH. So it's a, it's a big problem. And I know that we've talked so much about the pandemic related to COVID. Boy, oh boy, I think, you know, Nash is, is, is right up there in terms of numbers. Uh, it's, a, it's a scary prospect to have that type of disease. So how do you get a diagnosis of Nash? And then how do they treat it? So the diagnosis may start actually at the later stages. So in the earlier stages of fatty liver disease, you may not have any idea you have a fatty liver. And in fact, again, if you think about one in three or one in four people on our globe that has a fatty liver, I, I would say most people have no clue they have it. But as it starts to advance and becomes more severe and, and starts creeping into NASH, that's where people may start feeling lethargic. In other words, you know, not quite not having enough zip in their in their their daily life maybe this the color of their skin starts changing and maybe they start to itch um, there's a few few signs that outward signs that maybe people develop and so one of the things that may happen is that these people might uh, decide to make an appointment with a family physician and one of the things that the physician may do is send them off with a, a requisition or we call it a lab rec so they go off with a requisition in their hand, they go to get some blood work done, and then the results come back and they might look at 
a couple of enzymes that are um, related to the liver. And if these enzymes start creeping up or have high values, then other tests may be warranted. So for example, they might do an ultrasound, they might do an MRI, um, they might do some further work. And then ultimately looking at a biopsy. So taking a, a little needle um, that's inserted into the liver and taking a, a snip of tissue and then looking at the, the, the liver itself. So a pathologist would be involved in that. And then they would look at whether or not there's a high amount of fibrosis. And then everything is sort of related to that, that liver biopsy, which is, is really a standard way of looking at um, NASH today, which is, is not pleasant. So, so that's, really, that's really the way that people diagnose it now. But in terms of standard of care for treatment, there, there is no FDA-approved drug yet, and there's no approved drugs in other parts of the world either. So the, the standard of care right now is really to lose weight and exercise, adopt a more healthy lifestyle. And in so doing, the thinking is that, okay, well, we'll start seeing reduction in liver fat associated with loss of weight. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe somehow the liver starts to regenerate and starts to become more healthy. So that's really the hope. But what I think we need uh, therapeutically is we need to sort of kick this thing in the pants and we need to say, okay, there's, there's got to be a way that we can be a little bit more aggressive and, and get that collagen uh, deposition or the fatty uh, liver, get that reversed, turn things around so people can have a, a much more healthy um, outlook in terms of um, longevity and, and, and just general health in itself. Now, what's Hepion working on? Well, Hepion's working on two things. One is a therapeutic drug to address NASH itself. And the second thing we're working on is a diagnostic, which is all based on an artificial intelligence or AI. And there's a key reason that we need the AI, uh, because as I mentioned a moment ago, for the most part, in the earlier stages of fatty liver disease, people are are completely without symptoms. In other words, they're asymptomatic. So if you're asymptomatic, how would you ever know to go to see a physician to look at your liver disease because you have no clue you have liver disease? So the AI is a blood test that we are trying to develop that will look at a whole bunch of these different markers. We call them biomarkers that will have a really good, in, or give us a really good indication as to whether or not you you not only have fatty liver disease, but whether or not you have NASH. And then we're using the AI, the diagnostic, to go hand in hand with our drug in, in our clinical development of our drug. This is a drug called Rancofelstad, which is designed to do a couple of things. One is to slow down the progression of the liver disease. So in other words, slowing down the formation of the protein, this, this protein called collagen, that causes the scarring of the liver. So we're slowing down that drive towards the scarring of the liver on the one hand. And secondly, we're trying to speed up the reversal of the fibrosis that's already in the liver. So that's a much bigger hill to climb, uh, getting it to reverse because there, you know, this is something that we're still working on, which is like, at what point can you start reversing the fibrosis? Or is there a certain point, almost like a tipping point where you get to a certain point and you can't, or it's very difficult to start reversing it. So this is something that's still 
a little bit up in the air, but we are working on these two major initiatives. Again, one being the drug Renkofelstat initiative. The second one is using the AI in our clinical trials in terms of designing and all that, you know, all the stuff that goes along with the clinical trial. And then finally, um, using that AI also to just figure out who needs the drug. Now, let me ask you this. I think I understand from what we've talked about that, you know, you want to reduce that the bad collagen, the excess of collagen into the liver to prevent more buildup of the, of the fibrosis there. But how would you reverse it? What would you do to reverse it? Well, that's, I think, one of the big, you just probably asked one of the biggest questions there is in our field. <laughs> so, 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 don't know how I found it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it's a huge question. So just kind of picture, I'm, I'm just trying to draw an analogy here. So if you picture a steel cable or a rope, and if you've ever cut, let's say a rope, you know, with a pair of scissors or a knife, and, you know, the rope is made up of these individual strands that are often twisted or braided or whatever. That's a little bit like what the, the fibrosis would look like. So you've got all this twisting and turning and linking together of the individual strands. So for us to be able to unwind this or unravel that, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, but fortunately, what we had mentioned at the outset of this interview is that uh, liver cells and liver tissue starts to turn over or does turn over. And so part of the question uh, or part of the answer to the question might be slowing down the formation of the fibrosis so that as the liver starts to regenerate and turn over, you start creating more of this fresh, you know, un undamaged or, or, you know, diminished uh, damaged tissue. Um, it, when it when it comes to the collagen um, deposition and, and the scarring that so i guess that's part of the question we're still wrestling with is you know which which one are we doing um more of are we are we inhibiting the formation or are we promoting the degradation i think right now we think we're doing both um but we're still not quite there yet now let's talk about clinical trials. I mean, you're in humans here and you have two phase two programs. Let's talk about those programs. So we've got two clinical trials in phase two that are underway. Um, the first one I would call it a sprint trial. It's a quicker trial. And the second one is a longer trial. So the shorter, call it the sprint trial again, is with uh, our drug, Hepion's drug, which is a cyclophilin inhibitor. I know it's a bit of a mouthful to say cyclophilin inhibitor. So Hepion's drug uh, is a cyclophilin inhibitor and cyclophilins play a key role in the formation of collagen, which produces the scarring uh, of the liver. And so what our drug does is it inhibits the formation of that collagen. In other words, without that role of cyclophilin, um, which our drug plays a role in stopping, uh, without the role of the cyclophilin, you don't get that same formation of the collagen that forms that scarring of the liver. So that's how the whole whole piece is linked to so cyclophilin inhibition. And then the downstream effect of that is that we re dramatically reduce the scarring of the liver. So no cyclophilins, 
No collagen. Right. And so we don't turn it, we don't, it's, it's important also to say, we don't turn it off completely. What we do is we, we slow it down because if we were to turn off the cyclophilins completely, again, you'd, you'd, you'd probably see people, you know, kind of melting in their shoes, so to speak. And again, I know, I know that's, that's a little bit over the top, but, but that's not what we do. We, we just downregulate it as we call it in science, or we just turn down the volume. And again, the reason we do this is because in a condition such as NASH, you get a real hard push towards this uh, collagen overproduction or the, uh, the fibrosis being overproduced. So we just dial back the volume a bit. Now, what our first phase two trial does is we're looking at not so much the, the look of the liver, in other words, the biopsy, if we, we're not doing biopsies in that first trial, we're actually measuring liver function. And so we're working with a company out of uh, Denver, Colorado, that's developed a blood test that looks at the function of the liver. And so the, the, the more scarred the liver is, the, the less the liver functions, and the more certain uh, substrates or substances in our body will go whipping past the liver because the liver essentially is supposed to be like a big sponge or a filter that filters out toxins. And some of these toxins um, won't get filtered out if you have liver disease. So what we're looking for is giving um, a substrate, which, you know, doesn't cause any problem and it's, it's naturally occurring within the body. It's something called collate. So we give the, the collate before and after drug treatment and we just want to see how that liver functions um, sort of before. See if the liver catches it. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, filters it basically, right? And what we're doing is we're, we're giving Hepion's drug once a day orally. So it's, our drug is, looks just like a vitamin E capsule. It's just soft gelatin capsules. No, no big deal. It's not difficult to swallow. Um, so we give that once a day, every single day for a period of four months. And then we test our, our um, liver function just before we started the drug treatment and then right after we, we did the drug treatment. We also take a midway point. Um, so it's a four-month-long study. So at time zero, call it, and at two months, and then at four months, which is the end of the study. And then alongside of the liver function um, study or the, the, the liver function testing that we're doing, we're also doing a bunch of these other things we call them non-invasive markers. So we'll look at liver enzymes. We'll look at, um, you know, the weight of the patient. We'll look at blood pressure. We'll look at all the typical things. And we'll look at um, things that you would see if you go to the physician's office and get your, you know, the lab requisition to get your blood tested. So we'll look at cholesterol. We'll look at fats, you know, things called triglycerides, um, things like HDL and LDL, all those typical things that, that you would get in a doctor's office. We'll look at all that. And then we compile all the results. We'll look at beginning and end of that trial, and we'll see how our drug fares. Um, clearly, we're looking at an increased function over four months. Um, so that's, that's that sprint trial. The marathon trial is what we call the biopsy trial. And <clears throat> this is a big one. It's a, what we call a phase 2B trial. And our, our phase 2B trial is, is the longer trial. It's, it's a trial that we give our drug once a day orally, every single day for a period of one year. And so 
before you get into the trial, we'll take a biopsy just to make sure you're at a certain stage of, of, um, of NASH. And at the very end of the trial, so a year later, uh, we'll do the same thing. We'll do another biopsy and we'll compare beginning of the trial with the end of the trial. And clearly what we're looking for, two things. And, and the first one is going to be really, really key for us. We're looking at the amount of fibrosis in the liver or the scarring in the liver. So we want to see that fibrosis, uh, extent of fibrosis or scarring come down. So clearly after one year of drug treatment, we give our drug every single day, uh, once a day for a total period of 12 months. And then we want to see that uh, fibrosis level or extent of fibrosis or scarring come down. But hand in hand with that, we also want to see um, uh, the, the amount of fat in the liver come down as well. So we'll be measuring two things. We'll be measuring um, the amount of scarring or the fibrosis, and we'll be measuring the amount of fat in liver. And we want to see both of those come down. But interestingly, when it comes to the U.S., with the US FDA, um, in order for a trial in this in, in NASH to be successful, you need to see one of those things come down. So we either need to, to see the, the amount of fibrosis come down, or you need to see the fat level come down. You're listening to Tech Nation. I've been speaking with Dr. Robert Foster, the CEO of Hepion Pharmaceuticals. Hepion is in clinical trials for a drug to treat the liver disease known as NASH. Interestingly, when it comes to the U.S., with the U.S. FDA, um, in order for a trial in, this, in, in NASH to be successful, you need to see one of those things come down. So we either need to to see the, the amount of fibrosis come down, or you need to see the fat level come down. And there's a clear distinction between what we're looking for in the US versus, for example, over in Europe. In Europe, the regulators or the, the people that approve drugs over in Europe, they wanna see both of those things come down. They wanna see the collagen come down or the scarring come down, and they wanna see the fat level come down. So that's a, that's a bit of a distinction. I want to ask you one more quick question, because I know all through this, you are looking at this test that you're developing, that Hepion is developing. And I mean, I was, I was looking at all the things you're looking at. All, there's like 28 different kinds of collagens. You're looking at genes and your RNA, and you're looking at, you know, aspects of this extracellular matrix that's, you know, being created and gender and age and ethnicity. I mean, what happens when you're looking for something to create a test is that you're going to look at many, many things until you can finally come down to those few things, which together say, ah, if we put these together. That's it. At that point, you know, I keep thinking if it's just a blood test, is it possible we might be able to put that blood test in our annual exams so that it's right in there going, whoop, you're starting to go, you're starting, you're starting to go pre-NASH or you're starting to go fatty liver disease. I, I think that would be fantastic. You know, it'd be like the Holy grail of what we're trying to do here is to, to diagnose people before real big problems set in. And, you know, it's a little bit of what, whatever the, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or whatever the saying is. So I think that's, that's exactly right. And you want to make it user, 
uh, friendly and simple. And so for people like myself and, and, and yourself, I'm sure, you know, we, we think nothing of hopping on a plane, but when every time I travel on a plane, I never think of Bernoulli principle and I never think about all the electronics and all the things that go into, <laughs> you know, flying. For sure. Do not think of it. <laughs> I know. I, ju I just want to just go from point A to point B with this little problem. And so that's what we need to be able to do with this diagnostic. So, you know, we, we just want to uh, get it to the point where it becomes super, super easy for clinicians and patients, because imagine being a patient and then right now, the diagnostic is, you know, sticking a needle in your liver. Well, like nobody wants that. Um, so if we can do a simple blood test um, or even get it down some point in the future, maybe a saliva test or a urine test, you know, whatever, the less invasive, the better. Um, so that's where we need. And once you know the biomarkers, you can say, Ooh, where else could we get those biomarkers? We may not need it in the blood. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, years ago I developed a, a breath test to diagnose uh, ulcers and um, that's super simple whereas the the prior uh, gold standard of develop, developing or, or testing people was to scope them and and nobody wants to get scoped typically <laughs> but um, that's that's where we need to go with these blood tests so the ai that we're working on right now because it's in its earlier stages it's not uncommon for us to take you know a hundred thousand sound uh, like a hundred thousand data points and, and just look at each one of these data points and try to make sense of it. So for that, we need an AI. And I'm old enough to think that, you know, I came from the day where there were slide rulers. And, you know, so so if I were to use a slide ruler now, I don't know how many lifetimes it would take to do do one of these <laughs> tests. But so so definitely AI is the only way. I mean, even a spreadsheet, forget about it. It'd be huge. AI is the way to go. Um, but we need to get this AI to to sort of get trained and smart enough so it can say, okay, well, you've just given me a hundred thousand data points, but I really only care about 12 and that, you know, it's which 12 are we looking at? And that's, that's where we need to tie it all together. And that's where I think the AI is going to come in really, really conveniently. They always say technology, you know, it gets better, faster, cheaper, but it only gets better, faster, cheaper. Once you figure out which technology you're trying to build yeah. and, and that's what you're doing. You're finding the 12 or however many there are in the end. Exactly. Dr. Foster, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you come back and see us again. Will you? Oh, I absolutely will. Uh, thank you very much, Moira. It was a, a, a huge pleasure uh, having a chance to speak with you. Dr. Robert Foster is the CEO of Hepion Pharmaceuticals. Information about currently enrolling and upcoming clinical trials can be found at hepionpharma.com. That's hepion, H-E-P-I-O-N, hepionpharma.com. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.